There are some stories that are influenced by real life, and some stories that leave their mark on real life because they continue to ring true throughout the years. We all know fairy tales about children being lost in the forest. Children who find themselves being hunted by fairies, witches, or monsters that are hiding out in the brush. But sometimes, real life has a horrible way of showing us how stories like these are made. Most older folklore is founded in truth, and history has a gruesome way of repeating itself. Sometimes in multiple instances around the world. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. Over the course of the next four episodes, we're going to talk about the Babes in the Wood murders, four murder cases involving children in Carlisle, Vancouver, North London, and Brighton. These devastating murders were given their name from a story that is now 500 years old, and I think you'll see why the name has been used. When seeking out cases, I try to find a good variety. My goal isn't to focus on any one kind of person, circumstance, or murder, but so far there's been a fairly constant and completely unintentional theme on the show, and that is kids. I'm not sure what it is about murders in the woods often being related to children, but I've never been so convinced that the stories designed to discourage kids from entering the woods are there for a good reason. The Babes in the Wood is one of those stories, kind of, and I'm sorry in advance for the nightmares. Before we touch on our first case, I want to talk about the story that these cases are named after. The Babes in the Wood is a story that was first published for an audience in 1595 by Thomas Millington of Norwich. As you might expect with a story of this kind, there are several different variations of the tale, including one obligatory, watered-down version from Disney that somehow offers up a happy ending. The original version wasn't actually called The Babes in the Wood. In the truest example of I am paid by the word writing, it was christened with the simple title of The Norfolk Gent his will and testament, and how he committed the keeping of his children to his own brother who dealt most wickedly with them, and how God plagued him for it. (laughs) For completely unexplainable reasons, the story was eventually republished as The Babes in the Wood. Even though it's been changed time and time again, several notes still ring true. The story goes as follows. Two children were left to live with their aunt and uncle following the death of their parents. Rather than caring for these children, their uncle saw an opportunity. He knew that the children had a large inheritance, and he wanted it. To claim the inheritance, the uncle knew that he needed to make the kids disappear. Of course, he couldn't do it himself, So, he told his wife that the kids were being sent off to school in London. Then he paid two killers to take the kids out into the woods and make them disappear. Everything was going according to plan, but then the killers began to fight. One killer killed his partner, 
and promised the children that he would go get them help. The killer did not return, and the children died while wandering alone in the woods. After their death, the uncle is basically tormented by the wrath of God for the rest of his days. His barn burns down, his cows all die, so it's some pretty serious retribution for the time period. But the kids didn't make it. This story isn't quite as direct as the other stories that teach kids not to go into the woods. Obviously, there were unique and terrible circumstances that led to their deaths, but the fact remains that small children cannot survive in the woods. It's just not safe. Honestly, a lot of adults probably can't either. And I'm not just talking about that one couple that started a forest fire in order to summon a rescue while they were hiking when they were only a mile away from the city. Most grown adults, unless properly educated, would not stand a chance in the woods either, especially if you took them far enough. But that isn't the real moral of the story here. In the story, and in these cases, innocent children were lured into the woods by dangerous adults that they should have been able to trust. And then the price is paid. If any of my listeners are from Pennsylvania, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I don't mean to keep picking on your state, but the fact is that a lot of kids go missing and end up killed in your woods. The first Babes in the Wood murder that we're going to discuss today is a tale of three sisters aged 8, 10, and 12. The year was 1934, and the weather was starting to get colder when two locals found three children in the woods. These three little girls were found together, tucked away under a blanket, and they were dead. In my research, I did find a picture of the girls on their little blanket, and it is exactly as heartbreaking as you would expect it to be. This is kind of a weird occupational hazard of looking up these things. A lot of the time, there are pictures. And I believe the one that I saw was restaged based on the original accounts. I think the girls were placed on top of the blanket for the photo. But either way, absolutely heartbreaking. It wasn't long before the investigation started, with many people speculating at who the lost children could be. The girls had very little to identify them by, though some stated that one of the girls had a book with her name scrawled in it. When police found two adult bodies, a man and a woman, at a faraway train station, the plot thickened. It took some time, but police were able to identify everyone involved. The three girls were sisters named Norma, Dewilla, and Cordelia. The adults were Elmo Noakes, and Winifred Pierce. Elmo was the father of these girls, and Winifred was his 18-year-old niece. Upon review, it was determined that the three little girls were suffocated. Elmo and Winifred were both killed by a gun, and police were fairly quick to determine that Elmo had done all the shooting. I cannot imagine how devastated the family was to learn that five members were lost to a single tragedy. But 
police still needed to piece together the story because it just didn't make a lot of sense at first. By all accounts, Elmo was well-liked in his town. He was living a normal life, and most people found him to be kind and peaceful. The police weren't quite sure how this lined up with what their investigation would eventually show. Winifred was the barely adult niece who was often tasked with watching the girls while Elmo was at work. No one seemed to have any complaints at the time, or reason to worry, At least, nothing that was being said out loud. The subsequent investigation and speculations would prove that this was not the case. Kind of. (laughs) The most commonly accepted theory is that Elmo murdered his daughter, then killed Winifred, and then killed himself. And when police pulled the receipts on this one, it did not look good. Before the death of his children... Elmo did some clerical work. Suddenly interested in protecting his family, he pulled out three life insurance policies on the children. Now, if you just made that scrunched up, oh no, face that all true crime fans make when faced with indisputable evidence, good call. In addition to pulling out three life insurance policies, He also made his sister, Winifred's mother, the sole beneficiary of his life insurance policy. And then he bought a new car. Basically, Elmo checked every box for about to commit a murder that a person could check. And before you criticize his blatant paper trail... Remember that this was in the 1930s, and some of this kind of behavior really did slip through the cracks back then. You could do something like this and still get away with murder. So, why would Elmo kill his daughters, and how does Winifred play into all of this? Well, Elmo's family had a theory. Two of Elmo's sisters believed that Winifred was responsible for everything. Apparently, they thought that Winifred had Elmo under a spell. And it certainly adds a bit of absolutely terrible intrigue to the story. These two sisters seem to think that Elmo was manipulated into doing away with the girls in order to appease Winifred. But his brother had a different story. According to him, Elmo was caring for Winifred because her home life was awful. He suspected that she and Elmo had plans to leave to escape the family because of just how toxic it was. His brother even mentioned how he had himself once taken a couple of years away because the family was just a nightmare. Something that is interesting about this story given all of the details that did come to light, is just how many different theories there are surrounding this case. All of it is pretty much neighborly speculation, but... people really had a lot of uh, fun coming up with crazy stuff to explain what happened. While there's obviously this notion that Elmo was preying on his young niece and the two of them conspired to do away with the little girls and flee, 
that isn't the story that everyone believes. No doubt spurred on by the shared belief that Elma was a really nice guy, some neighbors speculated that the girls died by accident and that Elmo and Winifred killed themselves out of shame rather than risk being blamed for it. Others stated that Elmo had fallen ill and was trying to spare his children from the evils of the world. Or even from an evil spirit or something that was following the family. Some people believed that Elmo and Winifred were romantically involved and decided to kill themselves rather than live a life where they couldn't be together because of the shame from their family. And others believed that they did flee to be together, and upon running out of food and money, killed the children as a mercy. And then, they ultimately realized that they couldn't live with themselves after what they did, so they decided to end it. In one of the forums I was on, someone even suggested that they were being hunted by a gang in the area and killed the children to stop something worse from happening to them. Some part of me wonders if Elmo and Winifred made their plot and then Elmo was driven nearly mad by the shame of it and decided that killing Winifred and killing himself was the only way to make up for killing his three innocent daughters. No matter how you spin this story, It's just awful. Obviously, the idea that Elmo and Winifred were having a secret affair was pure scandal, right? That's what everybody wants to hear because it's just the craziest story. And in the end, it really does seem like the most plausible theory. Though the armed gang surely would have added quite a bit of flavor to this horrible crime, it seems... Fairly unlikely, from what we know. The fact is, we don't know who killed the girls. It could have been Elmo or Winifred, and it also could have been both of them. What we do know, however, is that Elmo without a doubt killed Winifred. Winifred was shot in the chest, as well as the head, and Elmo killed himself. It certainly makes you wonder what went down to make that happen. What made it possible for them to kill the children and then flee? Just there's an entire spot in the middle of that where we have to... We would need to know more to understand how that switch happened and why Elmo and Winifred also ended up dead instead of just running away like they had. Unfortunately, with this one, these three babes in the wood are disturbingly similar to the children in the real story. Right down to the attempt to get money and all. We might never know the truth about what happened, but we do know that there is a very likely chance that Elmo either killed or helped Winifred to kill his children. Likely in hopes of claiming that insurance money and starting a new life. Winifred and Elmo made it over a hundred miles away from where they left the girls. And while we can certainly speculate about Elmo's predatory behavior with a younger family member, the fact remains that these two are somehow involved and three innocent children died for nothing. 
In the next three episodes, we're going to explore more of the aptly named Babes in the Wood cases, and I regret to inform you that the rest of the cases are not any more pleasant than this one, so... So you are welcome to go hit play on a series of unfortunate events, the movie, and hear what they say about the story, because these aren't going to be good ones, and I just want you guys to be prepared for what we're walking into. In the meantime, if you want to talk true crime, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram using at datpod. And if you were looking for ad-free listening, head over to my Patreon at patreon.com slash like and inscribe. Thanks, guys. 